for centuries. Darkness ruled over the world. The evil and the wicked reign supreme. But along came a podcast imbued with light, determined to serve, return, and fight for righteousness to establish Dharma in life. To four corners of the globe, the call was heard. The end was the beginning, and the beginning was the word. It was mightier than the sword. The Lord was first take this birth to realize heaven on earth. Hello over there. Hello. Taylor. Yes. Is it Taylor Jackson? It is Taylor Jackson. Very good. That's a good guess. Uh, billions of years of evolution, and now here you are. Here I am. Yes. In the flesh. In the flesh. <laughs> <laughs> it took us some time to get here. Yeah. But, you know, everything happens in, in divine timing, I guess. Um, <laughs> how are you? I'm good. I'm well. You're well? Yeah. Um, well, how can we not address what's happening in the world right now? Yeah. <laughs> I, it's kind of like, so 2020, hey? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone had such high hopes for this year. Yeah. What uh, happened? I, there's, there's been a lot of, of good, you yes. know, that comes with it. It's a lot the, of growth. It's the most intense nothingness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like nothing's happened and yet everything's changed. Yeah. Everything's happening. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. It's kind of like, uh, I planned this. Oh, never mind. 2020. <laughs> 2020. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, let's start with uh, what you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's, I don't know, it's not a best, the best way to define you, but uh, <laughs> it's a way. So mm. what, what is it that you do? For work? Yeah, for work. Yeah, for work, for passion. I work with my business partner, Luke Salmon. Mm-hmm. And we work, we basically take people through a six-week holistic transformation process Mm -hmm. life-altering basically discover who they are why they're here so we look into their nutrition we take them through a nutrition protocol for six weeks we take them through a three-day water fast we focus on the mindset the subconscious mind reprogramming and rewiring the subconscious mind and then we go into the embodiment work so our environment what uh, our masculine and our feminine energy, bringing those into a union with ourselves mm-hmm. and expression as well. And then we go into soul purpose. So why are we actually here? Mm-hmm. What, what does the heart want to want to express? What story do we want to create? So, and, yeah. and do we do that as groups or as individuals? Yeah, we, actually, well, we work one-on-one and we work in groups as well. So uh, everything is online, basically... With 2020, yeah. <laughs> Zoom is incredible. Yeah. <laughs> They're doing very well for themselves. Yeah, it's the future. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. And it's incredible, right? I love mm. uh, utilizing the benefits of technology and how we can access it anywhere in the world and st- still do deep connecting work with mm-hmm. each other in like we are right now. It's beautiful to share this with anybody anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So love that. And we also do in Byron Bay, Mullumbimby area, we do in-person one-on-one deep breathwork journeys as well and deep healing healing traumatic release work as well mm-hmm. so yeah we do an array of things i can see us uh doing some events with youth work 
and events with communities and stuff as well. We've run cacao uh, breathwork events just in the local area. Uh-huh. I'm a I'm a I'm a verified addict. Oh yeah. How good is it? <laughs> How good is it? It just can't get enough. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. It's 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 a uh, it's a problem. Yeah, <laughs> a good problem to have. <laughs> yeah yeah. Yeah, so I, I can see us uh, branching out and, and doing more events at some point. I'd like to hope that there is uh, a lot more freedom in, in what we can do with each other in communities. Yeah, yeah. So what about the breathwork stuff? How long does that generally go for a journey, a breathwork journey? So, yeah, that ranges. We, we With our clients and our group programs that we run, we can do anywhere from 20 minutes to 45 minutes with them in sessions. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, other than that, the more deep, full traumatic release, an hour, an hour and a half to three hour sessions of breathing and just recalibrating that whole entire body. Yeah, right. Yeah. Sounds like sounds like something I'd like to do. I think. Yeah. Yeah, a nice long one. You know. Yeah. Get go real deep. Yeah. Because I, I always think I want to do it. Yeah. But I never do it by myself. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like it's facilitated and I'm paying for it. I'll probably do it. Yeah. <laughs> but if it like, helps. <laughs> if it's like me, I'm like, all right, tomorrow I'm going to do an hour of pranayama. And I go five minutes. I'm like, yeah, that'll be enough. I'll medita- meditate now. <laughs> you know? That feels good. That feels, yeah. yeah. But I can effortlessly meditate for an hour. Okay. As opposed to have to be with the breath and feel all the things coming up. So it's just like I'll just slip into meditation, you know? Right. So it's, it's kind of like a... A, a, a back door but with the breathing i'm sure there's a lot more like you said ca- recalibration and yeah and there's uh, so many benefits yeah. i actually could see myself and i and i do i breathe more than meditating mm-hmm. because i feel like you're yeah with the meditation you know you sit there in that stillness and that silence and i do like to do some visualization meditations as well mm-hmm. with the breath it's like I'm working out at the same time. It's yeah. like I'm meditating and I'm getting a lot done here by just being and mm-hmm. breathing in my life force. Like yeah, yeah. it feels pr- productive and and yeah, I feel like it gets me to these um these altered states in my body mm-hmm. a lot uh, a lot quicker than than meditation. Our, a client we're working with at the moment uh, had big drug addiction problems. Uh, a lot of abuse, a lot of relationship trauma. Mm-hmm. And we've recently started working with him with, we do 20 minutes of breath, a nice little takeaway, take home mm-hmm. so that he can, you know, wake up in the morning. I can do 20 minutes. That's manageable. Mm-hmm. And then after that, he even said the 20 minutes of breath work that we did together gave him what he gets in a 20 minute meditation for 20 seconds. Mm-hmm. It gave him that bliss, no mind state like he felt like he he actually could um cultivate it for the whole 20 minutes rather than that and that split bliss in that meditation mm-hmm. so i found that quite profound like i feel like because you have that uh breath to focus on really deeply in your body mm-hmm. you're just so present with it yeah so yeah and then after we're like okay cool let's uh I'm glad you enjoyed that. Now let's breathe for an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and go back to your childhood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and get to the root of why you have a drug addiction. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so yeah, powerful stuff. That's cool. Um, so what about you personally? Uh, how? Where did you come from? How did you become spiritual? What happened there? What happened there? Yeah, how many lives go back can we go? Yeah, wow. <laughs> <laughs> where were you born, maybe? Where, yeah, that's a great question. Yeah. So born in Brisbane. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, from my mother. That was a great start. It's a different country now. You know that. Yeah. All the way over there. <laughs> all the way over there. You know, Queensland. It's illegal to go there. <laughs> Can you believe that? Yeah, it's crazy. It's so crazy. It's so wild. My, so my family is still 
uh, on the other side of the country. You yes, know? yes. Uh, so it is, yeah, it's surreal to to um you know give him a phone call and say hello from over there. Yeah, yeah it's definitely it, surreal. At it this is time. surreal. And we were talking before the podcast that I, like I didn't realize how much individual power that each state has. It's like their own country, and it just was, that's been exposed to me because I've either been very ignorant of it or everyone is very ignorant of it. We just don't think about it. We think it's all Australia. And then you you see something go wrong and everyone just shores up, defends themselves. And it's like, we live in seven or eight different countries right now. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's very easy to see, uh, traveling around the US, America, it's very easy to see that how different their states are. And I think for the first time in a very long time, Australia is experiencing mm-hmm. that the different dynamics and the different, the different law. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, so you were born in Brisbane. Born in Brisbane. Yes. Yeah, and I've travelled around. I'd say uh, half of Australia. You know, lived in a few different places. Lived all over Brisbane. Uh, yeah, this is my favourite area that I've ever lived in. It does feel like home. Mm-hmm. Uh, this land, Mullumbimby, Byron Bay area, it just has this really, really homey feeling to it for me. Yeah. Uh, spiritual. I feel like we're all born spiritual, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I love the saying that we're spiritual beings having a, a physical experience. And I'm big on that physical experience mm-hmm. part, right? We're yeah. here, we're human. Let's make sure we make the most of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think there'd be, there'd be many moments in my life where I've had an awakening experience. Everything's hit the fan. I've been on my knees like there's got to be more here for mm-hmm. me and mm-hmm. they have been some of the yeah some of Tell the greatest about some of those some of those yeah look i'll oh i mean i've had one this year that was that was when i was living in bali everything hit the fan with co- it, it was really interesting timing actually so we were at a 10-day retreat my business partner and i we were at a 10-day crazy transformation breathwork retreat mm-hmm. and while we were on that retreat uh Sorry, before we left, it was like, oh, this COVID thing is on in the world. Looks like it's in China. That's unfortunate. This <laughs> kind of sucks. We go to Bali, 10 days, no phone, no internet. Is it in March? F- fully immersed in March. Yeah, right. <laughs> and the timing yeah. literally <laughs> was, yeah. You came out into a different world. Well, not even that. It came out of the retreat and it was like, you might not be able to get home. Yeah, and we're right. like, oh. New Zealand's borders are closed. Australia is about to to close their borders. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, uh, yeah, I was asked, like, basically my intuition was like, you're meant to stay stay in Bali. And mm-hmm. my flight was actually canceled to go back home. And family, friends, elders uh, were calling me, get home. This is the time we've been waiting for. Like, yeah. <laughs> this is doomsday. And I'm like, what? I'm like, no, no, no. I'm in Bali living my best life. Yeah. I don't think it's for me to come home. They're like, you're crazy. Yeah, so that was that is I'd say that is the most recent one, and I ended up living in Bali for a couple of months, eight weeks, and cultivated this really beautiful energy with Luke mm-hmm. uh, around what what the world needs right now, and what our what our business moving forward was going to look like, what we we're going to deliver, in what ways, and got getting really really clear on our on our values, mm-hmm. and so we would spend post retreat we would spend six hours a day in ritual. And then six hours a day creating content for our business. Mm-hmm. So we cultivated that over eight weeks and it was really powerful. Had we come back straight away, we would have 
gone into quarantine and it wouldn't have been the same energy. Mm-hmm. We, so so we took, we basically went through this retreat and just withheld that energy in us. And, and um, yeah, we created this really beautiful, like abundant mindset within ourselves in this beautiful villa in Bali. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. We're like in the pool, you know, like I said, <laughs> rituals and creating every day. And it got to the point we thought we'd live there for all of 2020. Yeah, right. And it got to the point eight weeks later where my intuition, I had a call from an elder, uh, someone named Max Egan, really good friend of mine. He calls me up. He's like, Tay, it's time to come home. And he'd called me eight weeks ago, but out of fear. He mm-hmm. was like, get home. You're insane. Don't live there. You're not safe. Eight weeks later, uh, he was coming to me with wisdom. Yeah. So it was like... That actually, one of the things he asked me was, "How would you feel if you couldn't get back into your own country uh, without having a vaccination?" That's a very like tangible thing that we're dealing with right now. You need to consider that. Mm. And I was like, rage. I was like, honestly, <laughs> rage. <laughs> yeah, that was my feeling. I was like, how yeah. do I feel? Rage. Like, yeah. just that 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 feeling of being in Indonesia and thinking. The, the highly likely possibility that in a year's time mm-hmm. I'd be faced with all different situations with my border, um, with my border, with my passport mm-hmm. and whether or not I potentially have had a vaccination or not. And yeah, so that was in itself was enough for me to be like, actually, this eight weeks has been good. Yeah. Intuition <laughs> said stay in Bali. My flight was canceled. Mm-hmm. But it was the eight weeks that we needed to stay there to really, to not be in the fear. Like it had just hit Australia at that March point, right? Mm-hmm. And Australia was going mental. They like were. they didn't know how to deal with it <laughs> I at all. I was in retreat too in Mullum. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. It was interesting. We were in retreat. Everyone was like you said, offline. Yep. And then we heard halfway through the retreat, like people are bike buying out toilet paper. Yeah. And we were all sitting there like, ha, ah, idiots. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then, we, and then we couldn't get toilet paper for yeah. the retreat. And we we're like, what are they doing? Like, what are yeah. people thinking? And we obviously didn't realize that mainstream media is just feeding this narrative of fear yeah. into everybody. And there it began. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And when we came out. That everyone pretty much got where they had to be after that retreat, and then all the borders shut, and every, no one could travel into into overseas anymore. Yeah. So you know, just exactly like that happened. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Every way. day was basically uh, like new new information of whether we could or couldn't get home. We were actually in Bali, not knowing whether we could get home or not, mm. and flights were getting cancelled left, right, and center. So it was like maybe we just are meant to be here. And when I got that news, that it's yeah, it was getting to the point where we just get to be with, with tribe and with family and with friends that, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I didn't have time to cultivate that in Bali. Everyone was wearing masks and Bali was starting to shut down. And I, I looked out and I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to be here. I think it is, it is time to, to come home. Mm-hmm. So then going into uh, flying into Sydney and, and doing the two weeks isolation in the hotel, Actually, one of the things, one of the other reasons we flew home is to be, to be in integrity with what Australia was going through. Like most of our clients are from Australia, England, the US, and we were in Bali, like very much living this villa, entrepreneur, laptop life. And we're <laughs> yeah. like, actually, let's go home to our people and, and really be in touch with that feeling of actually going into isolation and your rights being taken away from you and mm-hmm. pretty well being locked up for a couple of weeks for no reason at all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we that that was one of the main reasons as well to to actually make the decision to come back home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and how was that 2 weeks? 
oh, look, <laughs> nothing short of crazy. Yeah. <laughs> we were really fortunate. We were manifesting the whole time. My, my business partner's hilarious. He's like, we're going to get a balcony. I'm like, I don't know if we're going to get a balcony. Like, <laughs> But he's really going for it. And um, there, was a f- there was a few interesting stories on Facebook at the time of people, like parties and stuff happening in isolation and people mm-hmm. making the most of it. Yeah. Um, and so he's really manifesting and I'm like, oh, best case scenario like let's get the best case scenario that we can and yeah surreal very surreal getting off the plane uh we needed to fly from bali to jakarta then to sydney and then we were you know go through this process of checking taking our temperature checking that we're not ill Mm -hmm. then in the airports we were so anti-mask or i was like no you can't (laughs) that doesn't make any sense (laughs) um and uh, in the airports this one lady yeah she actually wouldn't let us pass without putting a mask on. So it was very like landing from this beautiful Bali few months being like, ah, oh, this is really, you guys are taking this seriously over here. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Uh, and then it was, it was the, I believe it was the, uh, the Navy first that took us on the, on buses to this hotel and then the army were there and so it was very like all right we're all here boys like what's (laughs) to take us and escort us into the hotel so it was very this quick it was this uh very quick process Mm -hmm. of flights uh australia hotel locked in a room Mm -hmm. and uh we were very fortunate when we got when we arrived at the hotel uh the gentleman asked me, like, are you guys together? And I was like, no, we're, but we're business partners. So it is it is going to do us some suffering not to see each other for 14 days. Like, mm-hmm. we're in business together. And he said, I'll see what I can do. And he actually found us a room with a connecting door, which was a, such a blessing. Mm-hmm. And also for 14 days, we lived in each other's back pocket. Yeah, like, of course. oh, my goodness. <laughs> like, if we weren't already close, yep. holy wow. Yeah. And uh, I think... Honestly, the most painful part about it was the no fresh air. Mm-hmm. It's just annoying. No balcony. No balcony. No, no fresh <laughs> One window. So 3 p.m. would come and the sun would kind of have this gap where we could see sunlight in the day. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we would absorb that. And it was like, I think it was like two hours, maybe an hour and a half of sunlight being in the high rise of Sydney mm-hmm. uh, that we actually would be sitting at the window like, oh, the sun's here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Taking it in and then it would pass and it'd be like, oh. Oh, we'll see you tomorrow. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was interesting times. Yeah. Um, so uh, you said that you got a bit claustrophobic during that time. Yeah. So it was interesting. I I've never experienced claustrophobia before. Mm. And day, I think it was day four. I got to this point where I just felt like I needed fresh air as a human being Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I couldn't shake it. Mm -hmm. And I was doing breath work and meditating. We were running free programs while we were in, 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 uh, isolation we were calling it rejuvenation like we're doing everything we can right (laughs) we're like oh fully embodied and like let's just make the most of this awful experience (laughs) and it got to day four and it was like i just need to go for a walk Mm. and get some fresh air yeah surely i can get that surely (laughs) yeah and so i called the security guards i couldn't sleep i was going into like having a panic attack Mm -hmm. which i'd experienced before but not from being locked in a building. Yeah. Uh, so calling the security and I'm like, hey, listen, I just need 10 minutes, five minutes. Just take me for a walk around the block. Like, mm-hmm. fuck it, I'm a dog. Like, I yeah. just was like, <laughs> please take me for a lap outside. Mm-hmm. This is crazy. 
And he said, oh, we can't do anything. I'll see what I can do. And I said, like, I want to speak to the police. This is crazy. Mm -hmm. And so he said, okay, I can do that. And he got two officers to come to my hotel room. And it's it's like two o'clock in the morning at this rate. And yeah, I was like, please just take me outside. I'm not going to go anywhere just to get some fresh air. I'll wear a mask, like whatever it takes. I really need to be outside for a moment. And I think all the flights as well, and then being put straight into that situation, uh, humans, they very much need time from being up up in in an airplane. They need time to ground. They need Mm -hmm. to get their feet on earth, go for a walk on the beach, and you're also up in a high rise, so you're not grounded still. Yeah. yeah. So I just felt like, wow, I'm floating off into who knows where, no yeah. fresh air, just pumping the air con. And <laughs> uh, yeah. And it was just a no. that I couldn't get them to budge. And I ended up asking them, like, how do you do what you do? How do you genuinely think that you're serving humanity mm. if you cannot give a woman some fresh air mm. when she needs it? Yeah. And yeah, the only thing uh, one of them said is, oh, you know, we're all going through this. I can't go to the gym right now. And I was like, oh, what a meathead. Like, seriously, brother, come on. Yeah. And yeah, you I just can walk outside, some... though, and breathe fresh air. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> While I'm locked in this box. Thank you. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. And then, yeah, it just makes you feel for, you know, at least people can go outside at the moment in Victoria, but they've been locked locked away for a long time this year, you know. Crazy. Crazy. And the, the time zone, the, the time restrictions, you mm-hmm. know, out for an hour, is it? it yeah. Oh, just so inhumane. Yeah. And and pathetic, really. Yeah. Disproportionate to the risk, I'd say. Mm. Uh, but, you know, these people have to justify their existence somehow. The politicians, I mean. Not, oh, yeah. Not the Victorians. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so what else then? What else? Yeah. Ask me a question. Well, I like to ask the question, what's your favorite spiritual wisdom or quote? Ooh, okay. Hmm. Hmm. I'd say, be the change you wish to see in the world. Hmm. Can never beat that. Yeah. And I like to couple it with, how can I be and what can I do? Because I think so often we can look into the world war, uh, corruption, the financial system, mm-hmm. all that goes on that really we can get to a point in ourselves where we're like, I'd love to change the whole thing, but mm-hmm. how can I? I think bringing ourselves back to that, that state and that presence of, okay, but like, what can I do in this moment that contributes to love, that mm-hmm. contributes to bettering the world or bettering someone's life or bettering my own life in some way, shape or form? So, yeah, I'd mm. say that uh, in any moment of the day, we have the opportunity to to make change mm-hmm. for the better or for the worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so how can I be the change? Uh, be the change you wish to see, and how can I be, and what can I do? Mm. Be be the change you wish to see in the world. Mm. How can I be, and what can I do? Uh-huh. How can we? And and how can we contribute together? Yes. Yeah. It's a it's a very I feel like that's a journey as well, you know, like it's not mm. just one thing that you can do. Yeah. How, how can I constantly be doing the thing that's most important right now? Yeah. And where it's sometimes like you do that sometimes or one time and then you wander off doing things <laughs> that are just trying to please me and yeah. trying to fulfill my own individual desires and, and uh, you know, things. And then you go back into how can I be of service again? And it's this back and forth trying to work out 
um, how to how to align that, I guess, which mm. is which is life, really, isn't it? Mm. The journey of life. Yeah, the journey of life. <laughs> so, what about you? How old are you, by mm. the way? None, great, of, none of my business. Great but. question. I had to think about it for a second. Twenty three. Yeah, I'm pretty right. sure. Yeah. yeah, pretty sure. So, where? <laughs> did, how did you? How did you come up with all with all your wisdom and practices and su- at such a young age? Great question. So, uh, one of one of the spiritual awakening moments it would have been moving out of home at 15 Mm -hmm. that rattled me up yeah I grew up really fast and uh quite young I'd say like 12 15 16 was really the catalyst of uh going through like deep depression and anxiety Mm -hmm. and through that experience itself I was looking I was so inquisitive. I was looking for more. I was like, there's got to be more than life. I describe myself as as a as a child growing up, never quite getting a lot of the systems that were in place, never quite understanding this uh, this hamster wheel that everywhere I looked as a child would mirror back to me. I just didn't get it. And yeah. I never I, I never really settled for that. I always felt like like some somewhere early in kindergarten or something like very at the beginning. Yeah. Like I I missed two days, and in those two <laughs> days were when everyone got the download of what was happening. Yeah. And then I always felt like I never quite fit back in. Yeah. You know, like yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. oh, did how come everyone just fits in here and it doesn't feel like I don't know why I'm here. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, did I, I like miss the I missed, memo? Was yeah. there some paperwork? That's right. <laughs> did, I had two days off, and then I'm now I've lost I've lost track. I don't know what's happening. I totally agree. And it's like, for me, it's the bigger questions that still sit. It's, you know, we come into this world and we need to almost immediately uh, survive. Mm. You know, that's a non-negotiable. However, it gets harder and harder and harder (laughs) for a period of time as you grow of, oh, wow, I've really got to do a lot in life to be able to eat Mm -hmm. and eat good food that doesn't have <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> sprays and crap on it. Okay, so the organic food is quite good. You know, you start to work out all these things in the world of, of like just to live a well-being life. Mm-hmm. But, takes ha- but a lot how of did energy. you get there? How did you go from from moving out at 15? Yeah. And how did you find yourself in that space so quickly? Because I didn't move out of home till I was like 18. Yeah. I moved to Brisbane when I was 23, yeah. still living the tradey life, alcohol, yeah. you know, um, you know, junk food and cigarettes until I was 29. So yeah. I was very slow to get the hint. Yeah. How did, what, how did you, how did you, what happened? <laughs> yeah, like how did it, it's been yeah. rapid growth and yeah. people have said this to me as well. Like it's almost as if I've lived lifetimes in years. Mm-hmm. And I think because I've been so present with the pain that I feel mm. like so young, I couldn't, I, I just couldn't comprehend how hard we needed to work to live a fulfilling life. Mm-hmm. Like just simple things like amazing food and a roof over our head is actually a challenge mm-hmm. <laughs> from the get go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I missed elders as a, as a child. I would be like, where's the wisdom? Where's mm-hmm. the elders? I don't get it. Where are they? Why is, why are we all broken up? Why don't we talk to our neighbors? <laughs> like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think that pain in itself just, just built over time and getting to a place. I, I, I suffered from insomnia for years. I'd go to sleep at night and I, I just have these, 
these visions of war and destruction mm-hmm. and corruption in the world and being quite young like this started about like 13 14 years old i didn't know what was going on mm-hmm. you know just the my my mates had no they're like cool that's yeah far out don't know how to help you <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh and so from there i've just been sitting with myself consistently going Okay, I'm 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 a big thinker here. Like I yeah. can't settle for something that really gets on my nerves. Mm-hmm. And going through a journey of uh, yeah, anxiety and depression, and really learning about uh, starting to learn about emotions. I started to study emotions. How do we feel? I started to study study the subconscious mind. Mm-hmm. So one of the huge parts of my journey of how I've grown so quickly and and rapidly to be. Uh, to, to, to see some of these things for what they really are so quickly, I would say is very young, I started to study the brain. Mm-hmm. How does the brain work? How does this... I started to see patterns in life and in people. And I started to see that some people in the world recreate that. Mm-hmm. They change. They're incredible. What makes some people great and some people close to pathetic you know (laughs) (laughs) like that's that's was genuinely what I was asking myself Mm -hmm. quite often and so what it came down to initially for me was how does the brain work how's the brain wired how do how from our childhood have we been conditioned to think what of what our life needs to be what reality is Mm -hmm. and I challenged that I challenged the status quo of what was the norm how that's a hard question. That is a really hard. Yeah. yeah. How did I like challenge internally that? Internally or like you? Like I'd what? say a lot of it is internally, internally and a lot of it has become a practice. Mm-hmm. So when I think, you know, uh, the conditioning of what I think, mm-hmm. uh, I'll often ask myself, okay, where's that coming from? Mm. Has somebody told me that? Has that come from my education system? Has that come from my family? Has that come from my lineage? Has that come from my peers? Has that come from experience? Experience. Mm. And, and then in that contemplation, ask myself, okay, well, what do I want to believe? Mm. What do I actually want to experience? And I think in that practice itself, you come back to your heart mm-hmm. because you're creating from that now moment. You're not creating from uh, repetition and conditioning or programming and beliefs. You're creating in that moment what's true for you, mm-hmm. which is always evolving, of course. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I'd say that's one of the bigger journeys, uh, that 15 mark of like really starting to ask myself, okay, how does this, you know what it was? I'd look at my body and I'd feel my body and I'd be like, this this body is amazing. This mm-hmm. temple is amazing. And I don't understand it. It didn't <laughs> it didn't come with a manual. Like, right, yeah, yeah. And I think that in itself fascinated me enough mm-hmm. to start to work out more about what life is. Mm-hmm. Very What's, yeah. Then how did how did specifically did you start studying the brain? So honestly, I started with books and YouTube. Yeah, yeah, repetitively reading books on the brain, the subconscious mind, uh, stories as well. You know, just people that lived great lives and did um, extraordinary things. That mm-hmm. I I was inspired by other people. Uh, and YouTube videos on how the brain works, what's going on in there. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I feel I felt like uh, there was this liberation in my life when I realized that I can learn anything I'd like to, and 
growing up in in this this education system that's that's currently here and has been for some time the curriculum the model the curriculum model yeah. uh it's limited yeah it's restraining mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, yeah like i said i felt a, a level of liberation when i realized actually i love learning mm-hmm it's just... I hate school. I hate school. Yeah. <laughs> I feel exactly the same way. And like, that's something that's been such a blessing to have YouTube and Google there to totally. be able to go on the journey because anything you find interesting, you can just explore your curiosity mm-hmm. as, as instead of being told this is what you need to know mm. um, without any context to why no you have to l- learn it. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's basically programming, but brainwashing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and it's most of it have found out apparently isn't true anyway. So like, <laughs> what was the point of that? Yeah, what's the point of learning about the, the, the first explorers <laughs> and, and not knowing about all of the real first explorers that came 40,000 years before the white ones. Yeah. You know, crazy. And so you've, you've, you know, being programmed into the colonial um, mindset to become a good subordinate person, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. But then, but then after that you realize, oh, you thought oh, I hated school because of the learning component. But mm. when you actually are able to, indulge your own in curiosity you mm. realize that it's it's liberating it's joyful to mm. to learn and to mm. explore life mm. yeah it's really yeah. interesting at so 16 i was living at a home i was uh skating to school i was working enough to pay rent to pay the bills all the things mm-hmm. uh and what were you doing oh classic mcdonald's yeah i did a paper run yeah i did some cash stuff uh-huh. you know whatever i could yeah yeah and yeah, going to school, sleeping, like I'd fall asleep on my desk. <laughs> I was still passing all my grades, yeah. but there was a drop. Uh-huh. I was holding a lot, right? Yeah. And I, I remember being called into the principal's office and some somebody kindly, and thank thank God for that person, had told the principal that I had moved out of home and be, had been living out of home for quite some time and that it, that it was a big problem. Someone had... had had voiced that it was a big problem for them. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know why. Yeah. So I'm in the principal's office and we have this really big meeting and she said to me, a uh, private school, and she said to me, you either need to move back home with your parents because we believe that would be the best opportunity for you to have the best education. Was it the parents that complained to the school? It was not the parents. Oh. Uh, my parents got called in to, a, a, to oh. another meeting and we, it was beautiful, the discussion we had with the, with the principal. She got fired a year later. Right. Yeah. <laughs> she, and she said, yeah, you, we believe at our school that you need to be living at home for the best opportunity for education. And I said, well, it doesn't work. <laughs> uh, I've got a lease contract. I've been doing this for some time and it's mm-hmm. working. I have I, a job. Yeah, I have a job. <laughs> Who are you? Yeah. And she said, well, look, you can either move back home and if that doesn't work, and it really wasn't, it wasn't good for my mental health or my mother's mental health at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we really needed our own space. And I think quite young, part of my journey was to to, to get out there and to explore on my own, to feel that what that's like. I needed that quite mm-hmm. young. I would say it was it was one of my first rites of passage to really be at that 15, 16 mark, really start uh, exploring, being really curious about life mm-hmm. on my own. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, so basically it Just came down to... Just for me to, thinking about being 15 or 16 and yeah. not living at home freaks me the hell out. Wow. Just because of how yeah. childish I was at that age. Like totally. I was not... There was no... There's no sense of like, you know, 
looking after myself at that age. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't do it. Yeah. yeah. And look, I had to learn those things quite quickly. Yeah. yeah. For me, that freedom, mm. and I, I was feeling it for, from a young age and it got to a point of, of, I can't do this anymore from the education, from my parents. It's like, I don't, fe- I don't know what it feels like to be me. Yeah. <laughs> and that was painful enough for, mm-hmm. for that to occur. And so, yeah, the, the principal said, you can either go to a local state school, uh, leave our school, or move back home. And mm. I said, well, I can't move back home. And you know what stuff school? And so she said, you know where your locker is? And I was shocked, right? Yeah, yeah. At the, <laughs> the level of intelligence of this woman. Mm-hmm. And so that was the moment that I left school as well. Right. And I think from there like it was... 10? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think from there it was... Yeah. It was really... Actually, it might have been the start of year 11, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Start of year 11. And yeah, that was a pivotal moment of hearing stories about how if you didn't finish school, you'd be some drop kick yeah. and that this was the be all and end all and university and me just being like, I don't really get it, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm here. Okay. It's not working out. Well, I'm sure I can manage. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm sure there's some other options in life. Mm-hmm. And that was it. Right. I set out on a different alternative journey from that point. I think mm-hmm. moving forward, it was like a very, a uh, rite of passage experience, a modern day rite of passage experience for me yeah, to, yeah. to make that move. Yeah. Right. Right. And so you said before, I can't remember what the question was. What was the question that I asked before that you just answered? Do you remember? I don't remember either. <laughs> no, I think you, yeah, you just asked me to tell you about uh, how I, how I learned so quickly, That's how right. I got to, That's yeah. Right. So um, I did a paper run as well. I just thought I'd throw that in there. <laughs> How good's the paper? Yeah. Terrible was like money. A, was um, it like a was it like a um a pamphlet drop where you had to drop every single house? Or yeah, every like single a house. I had the whistle. Ooh. I actually did a, I did I did, I did a bit of both. I did a bit of bit of I did a bit of both at, at one stage. I did the pamphlets and I did the uh, Sunday paper as well. Yeah. That was good money Sunday paper. Saturday not so great. <laughs> anyway, um waking everyone up with the whistle. Um so what you said something before I heard the word lineage. Mm. Talk about that. Mm. Well, I, I think it's fascinating how many humans there are mm-hmm. and how long we've been here. Yeah. And the the indoctrination into where we are now yes. and also how long that's been accumulated for. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, with lineage... I think just looking back into uh, our parents, our grandparents, our great-grandparents, a few lines back, we can even start to explore how disconnected we are from from story Mm -hmm. and and where they were at. And and I think there's been this... I mean, the last 50 years have just been a mess. (laughs) Like, I don't think we can put any of it together. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I think a moment that I had while traveling around the U.S., I went to a place called Mount Shasta, which they say is one of the energy centers on Earth. Mm-hmm. Don't know how they work that out. Yeah. But Uluru is one. Mount Shasta is one. It's uh, one in Hawaii. The root chakra. That's right. the one. So right. I'm at Mount Shasta. Uh, at the so root- that's the root chakra. Yeah. Uluru would be solar plexus. Solar plexus. Hawaii's heart. Yes. Correct. Yeah. All right, we're getting somewhere. We're getting somewhere. All right, I don't There's know the a few other ones. <laughs> so I'm at Mount Shasta and I meet this full-blood American Indian. Mm-hmm. His name's Chief Black Fox, mm-hmm. the grandson of Sitting Bull. Mm-hmm. If you, I don't know who Sitting Bull is. Cool. If you yeah. know anything about American Indian history, 
Sitting Bull is often the guy that's on the poster. So I hear. Uh-huh. Cool. So this is the great-grandson of, of Sitting Bull, Chief Black Fox, full-blood American Indian. Mm-hmm. And the way that this man told stories, the way that this man spoke of water, of elements, mm. of connection, was so pure. wasn't tarnished. Mm. And it taught me so much in that experience about how if our lineage is so connected and the stories are brought down from generation to generation to generation, that you keep that, that pure uh, story. Mm-hmm. You ke- keep, that, keep that connection. And yeah, something I experienced as a child and very much still do today is I don't have that. Mm-hmm. And I don't think many people do. Uh, I don't know many people that do. Mm-hmm. I, I think Australia definitely <laughs> has it in for itself to to not have any idea. Yeah. And yeah, so I think it's just, it's always fascinated me, you know, the lineage and how beautiful it is when it is so pure. Mm-hmm. He would he would be able to tell me stories word for word, descriptive, really simple and really, and really descriptive mm-hmm. where you feel like you're actually there mm. and you can just hear it. It's so potent the story that he's telling because it's been passed down from generation to generation to generation. Mm-hmm. And so it's truth. It's truth for him. He can feel it in his blood. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, yeah, that was that was another moment for me to, to really to, to realize what happened to lineage in mm-hmm. our lives. Mm-hmm. What happened to that potency of story? Uh-huh. Yeah, even in tribes and, and sitting and gathering in circle, which I do a lot of and we create communities for to do that now. It's a coming back to though, right? And how long have we been, uh, have we missed that? Mm-hmm. And missed the connection of who's here now and then who has come and who has been mm-hmm. in, in those moments as well, yeah. Yeah, totally. So do you resonate with any particular lineage or or have you done yeah. work to your to find your own or what, what's the story there? Well, great question. I mean, something that has always interested me is how many different races there are on the planet. Mm-hmm. It's always blown my mind. And... I think it's something that I I ponder more than most. Like, how did we all get here? Mm-hmm. There's different races. <laughs> There's Does different that not races. come up for anybody else as I don't often? Think I don't think you're supposed to talk about it. Oh, you know? yeah, it's like a taboo topic. And I'm like, yeah. well, come on now. We yeah. look different. That's like, right. there's definitely That's right. different people here. That's right. There's different breeds of dog. Yeah. And they can all have sex with each other. Yeah. And there's different races of humans. And yeah. And they can all have sex with each other. We can talk about it. Yeah. Right? I reckon. <laughs> Well, I think I think we should. I think yeah. we should, mm. and and that's the thing, right? Racism, uh, just talking about races, talking about difference, difference yeah. is taboo. Can be, can be, yeah. And not on this podcast. Not on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We're raw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's. What was your question? Uh, what what do you do? You have a particular resonate with any right. particular lineage? And this is the thing. I it is. It hurts me that. My lineage is so messy, messy, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and some, some fragmented, even fra- so fragmented, mm. and so we get this wi- like wishy washy uh, tumble dryer of of ancestry all in one, mm-hmm. and so I think the most beautiful thing about that is we're all human, yeah. we're all human, and we can all connect on that. Uh, yeah, we all have the same human needs. However, I think it's beautiful that, that there is lineage and there is ancestry to, to all of who we are. Mm-hmm. And for me personally, it's something that has that ha- I have felt the pain of is it's so messy. I've, I feel connected to American Indian 
um, lineage mm-hmm. and history. Mm-hmm. And that's been really, really real for me. I also feel really connected to Egypt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I feel really connected to Australia as well. Mm. And I think, yeah, I've, I've begun to explore what it looks like with testing. And also I'm curious, you know, like I said, we're, there's so many races here and we all come from, we're all mixed up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're all crossbreeds. Yeah. <laughs> Not all of us. No. But Most yeah. of us. <laughs> it's, 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 it is such an interesting thing to consider mm. if we, as science alleges, mm. if we all walked out of Africa sure. and just split up and just merged into these different things or... Did something else happen? Yeah. I don't know. And to do with the <laughs> yeah. equator and being further away. And I'm talking like aliens and, humans. <laughs> and, you know, people playing around with their DNA and all that kind of stuff. You know, who knows what, what actually ha- has happened. But I, I resonate with uh, Indian, Indian yeah. tradition, the, yeah. the Vedic tradition. Yeah. I resonate, I resonate on a level. I don't know why. I just feel really drawn to Egyptian as well. Yeah. I, fr- I really feel like they were way more civilized, way more advanced than us. Yeah. And we have this really dumb idea of that these people had slaves and they were like building these great wondrous geometric uh, pyramids that align with the stars and they didn't have technology or brains or wisdom, mm. you know, like they, just, they were just doing it as a slave culture. It doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. You know, no, not at all. I think that in itself is incredible. Yeah. We've got these giant, <laughs> these giant pyramids. We can't explain. We can't. Re- <laughs> and we can't replicate. We can't replicate. No, that's right. <laughs> They're joined. Their rocks are joined with such precision mm. that we can't even understand how they did it. And we want to call them silly or, mm. or like a, a, a less evolved. And that, you know, that falls into the, the modern the modern brainwashing is to th- that we're the most evolved the species has ever been, which is, I, I, I think it's completely wrong, but yeah. that's the narrative that we get given anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And so what was I saying? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, we're so diverse as so well. Diverse. There's so much diversity. Yeah. Yeah, I've done a little bit of travel and... That, that always opens opens your mind up as well. Like just the, we really do live different realities in different parts of the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, China was a big eye opener for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just coming out of communism, do you ever really come out of communism? Uh, <laughs> you know, it blew me away. Uh, mm-hmm. These people, so many people, like 10 to 20 people living in, you know, one one box room Mm -hmm. and that's all they know Mm -hmm. that that is their reality Mm -hmm. um one there's one woman to every 10 males Mm -hmm. because of the the law the law that they made that you can only have one son and Mm -hmm. whatever it was yeah so it's really it's one child policy one child policy and everyone wanted to have a son so they could give their inheritance to the boy yeah so they would kill the daughter if they Mm -hmm. had a daughter it's shameful to have a like have a baby girl they would Mm -hmm. kill her over raising her like it was that it's that taboo and still that culture is is there Mm -hmm. um so i think i was there a couple of years ago i climbed the great wall of china which has its own, you know, story with <laughs> yeah. it. Um, and so I was like, you know, cool, I climbed the Great Wall of China. It was wondrous to think, what is this place? What was really going on with this Great Wall? Uh, and I w- also went to Beijing. Oh, no, that is in Beijing. I went to Shanghai. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it was just an odd experience to to see what, yeah, to see the lives that they live. Mm. 
It's really interesting. Where did you, what was your accommodation like while you were there? Accommodation was okay. Were you like living in a touristy kind of vibe? And uh, yeah, so we traveled around a bit. It was a package. It was one of the places that I'm really thankful that I did a tour, mm-hmm. a two week tour, because honestly, I just wouldn't have known <laughs> how what to I get was around. Doing. Yeah. So this is one of the, the yeah, this is one of the things that really really surprised me is they, they didn't tell us actually the tourism agency didn't tell us but you arrive in china and google doesn't work yep. your emails don't work uh-huh. instagram doesn't work uh-huh. none of your socials work you can't call because you're international yeah and so immediately you're just like oh well i'm in china and everybody speaks chinese like yeah <laughs> <laughs> it, it was yeah yeah it's quite it's not like europe where you can just rock up and speak english and people will be like oh, all right they roll their eyes they yeah. start talking yeah, english yeah, or yeah. Whatever. yeah 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 and there's so many languages yeah 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 <laughs> yeah i don't think chinese is even a language right mandarin mandarin mm. yeah, but there's so many yeah that, that, and so we had this really I'll pretend i know yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> There's this really our tour guide is really beautiful. He tra- he had a uh, Australian accent. Mm-hmm. His uh, tutor was from Sydney. Mm-hmm. Is from Sydney, uh, and so he could make these. And he'd been to Sydney, so he could make these jokes with us, mm-hmm. and he could translate a lot for us of what was going on there. And I found it fascinating. You can never buy, uh, you can never buy buy a home there. You can you can buy a home, mm-hmm. and then you have it for seventy years. And then you give it back to the government. Uh-huh. And so when you have that home, if you die before the 70 years is up on the on the home buying lease, on lease yeah. uh, then that, you know, let's say you've got five years left, then the five years goes to the family. Mm-hmm. And then when that runs out, goes back to the government and you got right. to start again. So it's right. it was really like, yeah, crazy. You've got to start again. Yeah. So you can't even sell it? No, it goes back to the government. Oh. That's what he was saying. You can't sell it? No. Oh. You, yeah. That was just odd things, and yeah. maybe I, I don't know, maybe I just didn't get it at all. Yeah. But it was an it was an odd place, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think the world is it's you know it's a it's a small place, but it's also a really big place with really different cultures. Yeah, all over. Uh, Mexico was interesting as well. Mm-hmm. I got to see some of the some of the buildings there, some of the pyramids in mm. Mexico. There's so many. Mm-hmm. I didn't know until I got there that there's like thousands and thousands in the jungle. Right. Thousands of pyramids. Right. What are they? <laughs> <laughs> um, and I had a really interesting tour guide telling me an alternative story of 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 what the pyramids. Well, tell us are. this story. Yeah. So. <laughs> It, it was quite amazing, really. There was uh, other tour guides going out at the same time. You know, they, they barter and you get your, your tour guide and you go out to the, the pyramids and you're going to get some information on what it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and we got this guy who was like using the pamphlet and he was telling us, don't no, no, none of that stuff is true. And so at first I'm like, well, this is interesting. Uh-huh. <laughs> he's telling me it's not true and he's a tour guide. Yeah. And he spoke, I think he spoke eight different languages. So he's a really interesting guy. Uh-huh. Uh, and he's saying that's not true, but you see this and he'd be pointing to the, the pictures of the, the tombs or uh, some things some inside the, the pyramids. Mm-hmm. And he'd be describing... Uh, and he would get his this stick out, and he would draw on the dirt like what was actually going on inside mm-hmm. these these uh, rooms and these kind of temples inside. And yeah, he just told a whole different narrative. I, I feel like he was somewhat awake to how uh, the tourism industry 
was corrupt, uh-huh. totally corrupt. <laughs> right. And so he was sharing some of that with us and he didn't know how much he could share. Mm-hmm. And I was always calling him for like, tell me more. Like, no, I'm with you, dude. Yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. totally get that this pamphlet's a load of crap. What? Yeah. Tell me, tell me more. What do you know? And so he was, he, he was like, I think he was like 80 years old. He was mm-hmm. old guy. Oh God. Yeah. And he, he said that he, as a young boy, mm-hmm. he grew up near the, the pyramids and he actually, uh, he saw this was this was a really interesting one this this particular one he saw it being he saw it being like a what do you call it pillaged reconstructed oh reconstructed well, right. re, yeah yeah maybe maybe pillaged no pillaged is when they take all the stuff out of it take all the stuff out of it so it was like post that right post that and he grew up like putting it back together right yeah oh. and so. Yeah, I just thought that was fascinating. Mm. I haven't experienced anything like that in my own life. Yeah, so so what <laughs> what did what did he say that they were actually for then? Was it like for burials or was it for like ceremony? Don't re- recall exactly. Yeah. So yeah, okay, I remember they were saying not exactly. Basically, what he was saying is they the the other tourists and the the, the general theme was that one that one particular race. Uh, were there and he was talking about the the Mayans and he was saying that one particular race you know came in and and they owned it and they took over and they yeah they they used it for dark ritual ceremonies mm-hmm. and he said actually every race knew about the pyramids and uh-huh. every race's culture had been there and he went around and he showed us like things that represented India and mm-hmm. the the design of India and Africa and other parts of the world and he showed us like all these different cultures and how that that it was all implemented in these sites at 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 the same time or over time uh it's a good question yeah it's a good question Mm. but either way it's still pretty impressive yeah 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 he was telling he was telling a story about tutankhamen Mm -hmm. i think tutankhamen do you remember I know Tutankhamun, but I don't know the story that much, no. Okay. Mm. Yeah, he was basically saying that... He, he was retelling that story. I can't remember it, though. Yeah. <laughs> what, what I find amazing about a lot of that stuff is stonework, right? Because, mm. like, how did they... Like, what were they doing it all with? Like, just hand tools? Like, they just make iron tools and they'll just hit it with hammers? And their whole, like... Yeah. Huge statues. Yeah, and it's all carved, and, and it never breaks the wrong way. Like, yeah. how? How does that work? Because like, I could t- crack a normal rock; it's going to break the wrong way ten out of ten times. Yeah. How did they do that? I think like it's got to be three D printing. <laughs> We're so dumb. It's got to be three D printing, right? <laughs> yeah. Like on a large scale. That's right. That's what I reckon they did for sure. They had three D printers, <laughs> and, and that was it. <laughs> Because who's got time to sit around chiseling rock to make little horses in the top of architraves and the top of a, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And you think about how much time it would take. Yeah. So, so much time. By the time, I mean, lifetimes would go by. Yeah. And you can't just let any old nuff nuff do no. it. It's got to be a skilled tradesman. <laughs> and so you've got to have a lot of them. Yeah. And they've got to be working together. You know, I don't, I don't think, it, I don't, 3D printing, that's what it was. It's got to be 3D printing. Yeah. <laughs> has to be. But they were doing that, you know, they've been doing that stuff. I find it really interesting to look at the same architecture being spontaneously done at the same 
age, like the 1500s, and that same architecture is built around the world at the same time. It's like coming out of consciousness. Mm. And then the same, the 1300s will have the same kind of symbols mm. in different places around the world, even though there was no way of flying there to tell each other mm. what's going on. So mm. that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's. I think we would have used to uh, been so much more telepathic mm-hmm. and so much more connected to what consciousness is mm-hmm. without... Uh, this immediate fix of Wi-Fi and connecting, yeah, we we would be in that just really naturally. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, you know, for sure we would have been. I find it really fascinating the the, the government buildings all the same around the world. Have mm-hmm. you ever looked into that? I haven't. No. So they they say that there's this old um, history of called Tartaria, mm. and that there was a world government. Mm-hmm. Was was <laughs> it was is <laughs> yeah well exactly right yeah. Uh, yeah, it's really fascinating. So, you know, the government buildings where they've got these big, like, pillars. Pillars, pillars yeah. 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 They look the same all over the world. Mm-hmm. All over the world. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so what else? What else? I don't know. That's it. That's all I, that's all I know. Yeah, I was... That, that took me to Niagara Falls where I was, like, looking at the... Ki- you know, you're over here and then you're looking at Canada uh-huh. and you're like oh yeah it's Canada over yeah. the water yeah yeah totally different uh-huh. so I'm at Niagara Falls and I'm thinking what like what really is Niagara Falls <laughs> <laughs> what is this place what do you mean what is it like this gaping beautiful waterfall yeah how did it get there oh do you know no is it just like a waterfall I guess so <laughs> <laughs> And oh. the, the the government building sitting like beautifully out on the on the um on the edge of Niagara Falls. Kind of, yeah. Wow, you can see it from the other side. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that that Niagara Falls might have been created by. Uh, see, why am I say? Why am I going to say this? <laughs> <laughs> Some huge weather events. Huge ice, weather events. Ice melting glacial shit happening a long time ago, you know, 10,000 years or plus ago. Okay. Um, uh, I'm making stuff up. Yeah. Uh, I know I know a little bit about this stuff. Like yeah. there was some huge melts that happened because of asteroid impacts, you know, and that those melts created huge flooding and weather events um, that... The big flood or a mini flood? The big flood. The big one. Lots of floods. That everyone over, talks about. Over times, like every time that, you know, things get reset... There's always a big flood. Yeah. And so... Um, Do you reckon there'll be another big flood? Well, of course, but I'm hoping it's a flood of awakening instead Ooh. of instead of a, like a physical watery flood because everything will get wet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So hoping for a flood of awakening instead. You know, Hopefully. like the Noah's Ark, you mm. know. Um, so you're safe if you know. Um, but... <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, a lot of these things shaped by these these huge, uncomprehendable amounts of water, mm. right? Flowing like M- Mount Everest-sized tsunamis mm. flowing over our lands and just flattening things or reshaping the landscape. Mm. Um, I think that's how a lot of stuff has happened. When you sit back and you look at especially a lot of valleys, you can mm. see like that's... It's not just a trickle of water that's done that. It's some Huge kind of... amount of water. Yeah. Yeah. Some kind of force. So that's how... Uh, that's how... What is it called again? Niagara Falls was Niagara created. Falls. Yeah, that's okay. right. Yeah. And the Grand Canyon? <laughs> and the Grand Canyon too. Yeah. Sure. Why not? 
<laughs> Isn't it the same thing? No, I got no, right. oh. <laughs> uh, Yeah, and some, there's some other cool, um, like, huge boulders that you'll find. I'm not sure where they are, but they could be in the middle of Australia somewhere. I know. They're just like, they, they don't belong where they are. And they're in the desert. Huge boulders, but that was, they must have floated there in ice. Have you been to the middle of Australia? No. Okay. Yeah. Have you seen any big boulders when you're there? I have not. Uluru's pretty big. Yeah. That's not, How big not, we not talking? quite a boulder, okay. though. Yeah, no. Yeah. Well, what describes a boulder? Like, like big round stones. It's got to be round. Yeah. It's got to be a stone. Yeah. It's, and it wasn't, it's not like local. It's not like it's, it hasn't been carved out by a weather event. It's been carried from somewhere else. Interesting. We'll have to look it up and find out where, find out where the boulders where they're are. Because right now we're just talking. About mysterious boulders. Mysterious boulders. <laughs> they could be in any country, in any desert, and I have no idea. <laughs> but I'm claiming that the Ice Age took them there. Yes. Yeah. So... What what other cataclysmic events could we see possibly shaping our world in the next coming years? We've had the fires. The fires. We've had the the plague. Now we're in the plague. Mm. Um, obviously. What's next? Uh, um. Well, I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, volcanic activity and earthquake. I think is the next ones in oh, the in dear. the biblical revelations. Is it? I think so. Maybe mm. solar flares a dangerous one because we were all so hooked up to electronics and it would just cook everything. Yeah, It'd just be like no more power. Yeah, and that would really reset the human race. That would really do a thing. Yeah, I reckon in Australia, I'd like to hope we'd be lots nicer to each other, but you know, it might not be as well. Uh, after we turned yeah, to dust. After after the after the electronics turned to dust. Oh. Like that, we we're all just like, okay, now that we've got no internet, we have to be nice to each other again. And Hopefully. Get to know each other again. That's how social media would be actually talking to people. <laughs> right. We'll have a conversation. Yeah. Pulling out the actual photo album, be like, look at my Instagram in real life. <laughs> you know. See how weird that would be if it was real life? Like, you'd never do that. Walk around in the streets and just show people that you'd hardly even know your photos. Yeah. But you do it on the internet and it's normal. Totally. Right? Yeah. Anyway. Now people I'm not think saying it's... that you shouldn't do it. I do. I get into it. Yeah, it's a good time. Yeah, it's a good time. <laughs> <laughs> Make the most of it. It's here. Yeah. You yeah. got it. Yeah. Well, well before, before the solar flare comes. <laughs> before the solar flare. Yeah. Really make the most of Instagram while it's here. There's a solar flare coming. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's not, that's the, like that I can deal with that. Mm. I, I'm not a fan of not having refrigeration. I like having refrigeration, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's one of the worst things. I think if power goes, you lose your refrigeration. Yeah. What would we do? Everything rots. Yeah. You've got to get ice. I don't even know how you make but ice without power. how do you make power. ice without a freezer? That's right. You've got to get, you somehow fly ice cubes in from the Antarctic. If that's, is that, is that a place? the airlines Or the aren't. Arctic. I'm no, doing well. They're not allowed to fly anymore, are they? No. They'll just plane. become full-time ice planes once the uh, once the world shuts down from the solar flare or the volcano that could happen in the northern hemisphere. Because I feel like that if it, like it's not I shouldn't talk, say that because a lot of people would probably die in the northern hemisphere. But if you have an earthquake in the northern hemisphere, there'd be an ice age in the northern hemisphere. There'd be like a nuclear winter down here, but we'd live. Mm. I feel I feel like that's how come. Like the Aboriginal cultures, so like had such a long history, is because they they didn't get dis- disturbed by the last ice age. They just kept that was just like normal for them, you know. Do you know what I mean? Totally, <laughs> totally. I think that might be the case. Yeah, that's right. Um, of course, there's other pockets of places that weren't 
just that weren't completely affected by the ice. Yeah, age, there's other people. Definitely, yeah. there's definitely other indigenous cultures that um, they. I think they survived the ice age, but they didn't thrive in the ice age. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Mm. Do you know much about the Aboriginal culture, the indigenous culture? A bit. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not any good songs. Any good songs? Yeah. Oh, I don't know any of their songs. No, me either. I was uh, about to. I'm about to do a trip to Uluru for a month. Yes. It was meant to be in September, but. Yes, 2020. 2020. Yes. Uh so a year ago. Apparently, it's <laughs> supposed to be a big, big month, September. Really? Yeah. Some big astrological Vedic events happening in the middle of September. Wow. Apparently, I'm gonna make it up, as I do with everything else I say. Um. Eight of the nine planets are going to be in their own house. Ooh. And it's like a once in 800 year event. You know what I love about astrology? Yes. Every time it's once in a something. Yeah. I'm like, this this, this thing's incredible. Yeah. There's always something profound. Yes, about that's right. <laughs> yeah. I love the, the Lion's Gate. Lion's Gate was big. Yes. Everybody loved Lion's Gate. Yes. I think it was powerful. I'm yeah. like, oh. Yeah, oh. <laughs> yeah, it was actually, uh, it's been pretty powerful, I yeah. feel. Yeah, I feel like it's been powerful. Yeah, Life's right. always quite powerful, though. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, so look out for that. The eight house of the nine houses. Eight of the nine houses. I think the only one that isn't at home is Venus. Ooh. So, um, who knows? I don't know what it all means. It's not, it's not regular astrology either. It's Vedic astrology. Okay. So yeah. it's something different. Yeah. Um, apparently... Vedic astrology is based on actual astrology and okay. Western astrology is based on psychology. Oh. Apparently. That's okay. that's the that's the rough way of saying it. I did watch a podcast on that's a beautiful yeah, that's a beautiful, tangible way of saying it. I watched a podcast mm. on the comparison of Western and the Vedic yeah. astrology and yeah. how they're quite different. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I don't really I don't I'm not an expert, so don't take my word for it, but um but I do know that the eight eight of the nine are in they're at home. On the in the middle of September. In the middle of September. Yeah, and it's supposed to be, uh, you know, a big shift, big times for the uh, for the world. What if this year has not been uh, a big shift? <laughs> a big shift. <laughs> There's yeah. more to come. It's, and I feel like because it's nine months in, because this is the rebirth, like B E A R T H Earth birth. Um, <laughs> and I feel like it's nine months is labor. Like you give okay. birth, rebirth happens. After nine months. It's so true. That's the ninth, middle of the ninth. So, Got to go through the something. trimester. Yeah, we're going to see some, some labor happening. Wow. Yeah. Well, it might be some... Shaking and quaking. Yeah. Some volcanic action. Yeah, wow. Some solar flares. <laughs> Who knows? Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's. It, I love that worldwide it's been an adventure for everybody mm-hmm. this year. Anyone yeah. that thought they could kind of get under the radar, live this very <laughs> simple life, you know, just lay low. No, yes. you've been affected too. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of like that. We're all in it together. Yeah, <laughs> we're all in it together, except for the corporate elites. They it's, rule over us. That's true. Don't they? Not for long. They're coming to an end. I hope yeah, so. I think it's what hap- that's what's happening, actually. Mm. Yeah. So, um, do you have anything else that you'd like to add? Mm. 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 (laughs) Do you you have a name for your business, what you do? Vault. What? Vault is the business. Vault. Vault. That was very like... (laughs) Did you feel the voltage? It's super zappy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, vault. Vitality optimization. Lifestyle transformation. Wait, do that again? 
Vitality, optimization, optimization lifestyle, lifestyle transformation. transformation. All the things. Boom. Boom. What more could you need? What more could you need? Right. <laughs> um, and where do we find you? Uh, you have Insta? Insta. Yeah. Yep. Taylor Jackson. Taylor Jackson? Yeah. No, vault.com? Just Taylor Jackson. Okay. T-A-Y-L-A-A yes. underscore Jackson. Underscore Jackson? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, Facebook, Taylor Jackson. Yeah. Where do you see yourself in uh, 10 years from now? 10 years from now. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Can we travel? <laughs> Can we travel? <laughs> <laughs> All right. There's a question. Yeah. Um, if it means you have to be vaccinated against the COVID. Will I travel? Yeah. No, but I like my odds of finding somebody with a super yacht. Yes. A great team of people. Yes. And still traveling. Yes. With no vaccination. Uh Uh-huh. That would be my go-to plan. Right. Yeah. Skirting around the outside. Yeah. Yeah. Well equipped. Mm -hmm. This is my thing, right? Okay. Um, I'm clearly an anti-vaxxer by now. Okay. If If people that are listening to this haven't seen my Instagram, it's constantly flushed with um propaganda against vaccination right <laughs> yeah my theory is or my point is the vaccination is only there to make your immune system able to deal with the covid virus right if the immune system couldn't deal with the covid virus there'd be 26,000 dead australians right now mm. do you know what i mean mm. but instead there's only 400 so so that 400 dead australians Really? Yes. From COVID. Yes, that's right. So to be said that these people that are already have they're already sick and they're already passing away. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So if the if our immune system couldn't deal with it, mm. then everybody would die, right? Mm. So it can deal with it. So why do we need to be injected See, to be able to to deal, deal with, with the thing we can deal with already? Yeah. You know what I mean? Doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't make any sense. Mm. And then people say, well. There's sick people in the community that can't have the vaccine. And so we have to get everyone else vaccinated to protect those people. So if the vaccine, <laughs> I'm like, so the vaccine's not safe to put in those people, <laughs> so, but it's, but it's safe to put in me. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. doesn't make any sense. No, it's complete nonsense. I can't believe <laughs> not more people, more people don't question it. Yeah. That blows me away. Yeah. Just take it off the bat. Oh, clearly it's good for me. A lot of people will sit there and go, the government's corrupt. The government does this. The government does that. They know all about that. Mm. And then they go, the government wants to inject you with some weird poison they just made. Yeah, sure. Yeah. You know? It's got to be good. It's crazy. Science backs it. Yeah. What's that? Science backs it. Science backs Oh, yeah. Experts say. Experts say. That's my favorite tagline. Researchers say or experts say. And it's just, it's just, it's typical, isn't it? Yeah, so I'm I'm in the same boat. I'm in the same yacht as you. Yeah. I'm not vaxxing for yeah. anybody, um, especially when the body can tolerate the thing itself. Yeah. And it might have a hard time with that, and that's okay too. A little bit of struggle doesn't do any body harm, you know? The nervous system only gets stronger for going through that challenge. Yeah, build you know? the immune system. That's right. All the immune system's there. It's built. I know it's, I'm, a, I'm healthy. Yeah. So like... You know, I'll take on the sniffles. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Cold. Yeah. Stronger. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really... Scary. Getting... It's scary. frustrating. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's annoying. barbaric. I'm getting over, like I go to the gym 
and uh, you, yeah, everyone's got their chucks and their spray, uh-huh. and you got to go to every station you go to, and you got to wipe down. It doesn't make any sense. Yes, you got to wipe down your your bar and your, your with your chucks and your where you've been. <laughs> yes, and I don't do it. Uh, but <laughs> twice today, I was asked to get get a chucks and to and I'm just. I get that it's become a part of their regulations to stay open, yes. but it's crazy. Yes, <laughs> it is. and actually, the 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 spray will do me more damage yes. than <laughs> than just dealing with getting the sweat and having the immune system be healthy and able to respond to it. Exactly, putting your hands in the dirt, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, we're preaching to the choir here, I believe. <laughs> you know, but the media comes out and instills this narrative of fear. Everyone's going to die if you don't do this thing. And so people go, oh, the media said, Mm. you know. And I'm not like just across the board anti-vax because I don't know know a lot about measles, Mm. but it seems that measles rips through children. Mm. And so you sort of go, okay, so it makes sense that you want to not have kids dying from measles, right? Yeah. But the COVID doesn't rip through children. And so it doesn't make sense that you want to fill them with COVID vaccine. You know what I mean? Yeah, I wouldn't say that every vaccine that's ever been made has done damage yeah. in the world. Mm. Uh, I think they've saved a lot of lives, so to be said. Yeah. Cool. This time around, though, it's just a completely different narrative. Yeah, it's a different thing. Yeah. Anyway, what are we going to do when the uh, when we when we we allow our power to be outsourced? to these, uh, you know, billionaire um, computer makers, Mm. then they think that we're a problem they need to fix with medicine. But they're going to get a wake-up call soon, I think. What do you reckon? I hope so. Yeah. I really hope so. Yeah. But, you know, anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think we just got to keep speaking up, keep standing up, keep turning up. That's it. Have you seen the new thing with Google? You log in, uh, you just you go into Google and just underneath it, there's a the warning warning sign about all our information and data being completely given to the government. Oh, right. No, I didn't see that. Yeah, it's interesting. It's yeah, like good. You, you already think that that's, they've kind of got their hands in it all, but now it's becoming... Like, just we're going to let you know yeah, as well. We're going to also let you know that you, there will be no privacy yeah. at all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just because that's what they've asked for. Yeah. We're trying to dispute it. We're not doing a great job. That's basically what, what it read. Uh-huh. Yeah, they're in bed with each other. So we're other. just letting you know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's full yeah, on. It's messed up. And so in that sense, how much would a solar flare reset the world because there'd be no, no money, all the digital money gone? Yeah. Right? We'd have to go back to trading. Yeah, with cash and, well, and shells. Well, I don't know if many people have cash, so... Yeah, well... Maybe exchange well we'd, we'd make some there'd we'd be some, some way to make like, i'm sure we've got cash in safe somewhere like you know what i mean like, <laughs> i'm sure there's cash stored somewhere somewhere there's yeah. a cash but you'd have to get a checkbook remember what a check you're oh, you too young to i know did what a learn is. it actually just passed me the <laughs> check in school learning how to do a check i never got yeah. to utilize it yeah never needed it mm. learn how to do the checks that would suck to be a banker having to do checks in 2022 Wow. You know? Just go backwards. <laughs> backwards. But 
it would it would level out the playing field. Yeah, like know? I think now when you first said it, I wasn't sure, but now it's growing on me. The, the solar flare idea. Yeah, yeah, the reset. Yeah, button. let's yeah. go for a solar flare. Yeah, except the, the, some of it isn't great. No, you know, there's some Stone Age stuff that we don't want to bring back into reality. It's true. Yeah, we need some balance. Maybe if the solar flare could partially hit, that'd be good. I think that would just cause chaos. Chaos. Yeah. What if it was, like, specific, just wiped out, like, 5G? That would just be useful. Like just wiped out only the telephone towers. So we had power, but we didn't have... And we had landlines, so we could still make phone calls, like mm. the old school days. But we didn't have any more internet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. We got no control. It's just happening. We don't even... You know about Neuralink? Yes. Yeah, that's scary. That's scary. Yeah, but because Elon Musk is a cult hero, yeah, people totally. are going to line up for that shit. Oh, wow. Chip in the head. Chip in the head. Yeah. Perfect, convenient. Yeah. Just to... Give Mark Zuckerberg direct control of your brain. Yeah. Why go through the phone and, and have to manipulate your emotions through Facebook when I can have a chip in your head? Yeah. You know? It's crazy how appealing <laughs> that is to so many. Yes. <sighs> yeah. Transhumanism. It's, it's coming. Thrived. Yeah. I wonder if it's... Oh, I can't say that. Ugh, I'm not going to be transhuman. I'm going to be pre-human. Pre-human? Yeah. Like uh, pre-transhuman. Pre-transhuman. Yeah. Okay. I, still want the, I still want the cool name. I just oh. don't want to have to go through the process. Okay. So... And I start, I'll go with human being. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go... I'm going to stick there. That's old school. Yeah. You're old school. I'm old school. Yeah. All right. <laughs> you can be pre-transhuman, never quite... Put yeah. the chip in the head. That's right. Pre-transhuman. I'll be human being. I'll be like Stone Age in, you know. Yeah. And I like, we really get to ask ourselves, where will we be in 30 years? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Wow. Mm. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much for this scary <laughs> podcast. Um, <laughs> I, I think I've, I've used up all of my um, conspiracy theory mm. for the moment, except that I, I've, I should mention that I discovered that the lockdown's over. Did I mention that yet? I haven't mentioned it. Not in the podcast. So uh, last night I was up until all hours becoming a doctor and a scientist researching the uh, endotensin uh, renal, um, <laughs> renin, sorry, not renal, renin uh, system in the body, which is what the COVID affects. And then this morning I got up and I thought I'd do some uh, pro bono work as a lawyer and I started going through the um, Gazette, the Victorian Gazette, which is the place where they publish all of the um, law in Victoria. And I found out that COVID lockdown in Victoria actually expired on the 16th of August. And now everyone should be free. But of course, they got Stockholm Syndrome and no one's responding to my appeal for them to be gallop- galloping in the streets. Mm. So, you know. But just for the record, it's what, what is it today? That the 21st of August. Right. They're if, a few days overdue. Yeah. Well, if, if the next few days sees everyone in the streets, you know, it was my handiwork that catalyzed that event. You know, <laughs> I just wanted to, I just want to claim it for my ego right here. You know, I want everyone to know. That I've I done dra- due diligence. I drank research. two cups of cacao this morning and I was on a high and then I found this legislation and I was like, wow, they haven't re- revamped it yet. It's, it's four days old. And so hopefully 
Hopefully. There's a reason. Like, hopefully they're not allowed to extend it past this point and then people just say, fuck you, we're not staying at home if we don't have to. And they get out there and gallivant around like little bambies in the street, you know. Mm. Yay, yay. All of Victoria. Yeah, all of them. <laughs> just out in the streets, just gallivanting around like... <laughs> Finally, we're free. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, I really... And I don't... You know, I, you know I'm here... And so I should just be enjoying my life, hanging by the beach, you know, eating, what, what do we eat again? Poke bowls or something, uh, you know, no Buddha bowls. Buddha bowls. Uh, yeah, just like... That, Buddha down at, became a bowl. Up at Top Shop, just having, you know, breakfast mm. burgers, living my best life. But I can't not care mm. about what's going on down there. Mm. And it's like a... I know it's a different state. It's a different country basically now. It's just like, it's not, it's not Australia, mate. <laughs> you know, it's not what we're about. No, it's not right, and it's disproportionate to the threat, and you know, of sixty thousand out of a hundred thousand don't want the vaccine. So, you know, they're going to try their best to push it on us, but we're not going to take it. So yeah, I um I freed Victoria. That's my claim to fame. I liberated the uh, the captives. From the southern state of Victoria. Yeah. You started the ripple effect. The revolution, basically. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It's all in a day's work, you know. Well done. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, uh, thanks you again for pottying. Um, Till next time. Till next time. Yeah. So, the water fast. Yeah. Tell me about it. Tell you about the water fast? Yeah. Yeah, have you done any water fasting before? Um, I haven't, no. I've done fasting. I, at, at the beginning of COVID, I felt like we might run out of food. Mm. So I was like, I'm going to see how long I can last without food. So I did eight days, just straight fast. I drank water. Yeah, that's a water fast. But it was like, it wasn't like I wasn't drinking a specific amount of water. I wasn't like, do you have, you have to drink a specific amount of water for a water fast? Like certain amounts, like five liters a day or something? Just when you're thirsty. I was basically dying. Keep your fluids. Yeah, <laughs> like, sounds like just it. Just like, you know, drinking water. But well, you, did not. you really not eat food for eight days? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. How'd you find that? Uh, hmm. It wasn't, I, I didn't. Hmm. No food, eight days. No, I did no food. No food. Um, I thought I'd get to a point where I wouldn't care, but it never happened. I've done juice fast where I've got to the point where I'm like, not even hungry. I don't even want to juice anymore. Right. Yeah. But I didn't get to that point in eight days. You're just still hungry eight days later. Yeah. I was still like agitated and like not feeling like I dropped into that space. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So just did a three day, we do a three day water fast part of, part of our empowerment Mm -hmm. six week program. Yes. And... Yeah, it totally shifts people up, wakes mm-hmm. people up because you've got that three days of clarity and sitting with your emotions and mm-hmm. yourself. And I must have been distracting myself and not sitting with my emotions. <laughs> 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 oh, can I confess something as well, which I think was the problem? I had chai. Ooh. Yeah. Consistently, huh? Like one chai a day or something. Yeah, Maybe that's more. Not a- no, that's not a fast, is no. it? No. No, see, I didn't let the body go into that state. Yeah. That's what I did. Yeah. I was, I was thinking like, why was I so agitated? I was like, no, I was having chai. You, so you were basically starving. Yeah. You were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because yeah, it takes three days for the digestive system to fully turn off. Mm-hmm. And then the body 
every single cell in the body like rejuvenates. Mm-hmm. Basically, your body has this inbuilt cycle that it goes through. So mm-hmm. I think by having the chai every day, your body would be like, oh, we're not fasting. We're just not eating. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So we did, yeah, we did three days just over a week ago. Mm-hmm. So it's a couple of days to get like light meals, broths. Coming we, out of it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, it's really important that you're very particular coming out of a fast mm-hmm. and going into it. So start to change your your intake of food to high fat, high protein, low carbs, so that your body is already in that ketogenic state so mm-hmm. that when you go into a fast... It's not it, a shock. It's not a shock to the body to, to transition to getting your um, energy source mm-hmm. from, from fats, from your fat in mm-hmm. your body. And then, yeah, after three days, your digestive system turns off and you can go for a total body detox, right? So we do that every time we run our, when I run our programs with our, with our group Mm -hmm. so that uh, they can experience it and have the support with them. And yeah, we just completed that like uh, just over a week ago. So eating proper meals now, but there was a few days of broths and I'm not really a big drinker, Mm -hmm. but it is nice to have a a beverage here and there. Mm -hmm. So I feel like tonight... Tonight will be... You're going to get on it. Two beers. Two beers. <laughs> Two beers on it. <laughs> Do you eat meat as well? No. No? Is no. broth not meat though? A vegetable broth. Ah, I see ah. what you did there. I just mm. immediately went straight to the bone broth. But yeah. No. I actually have started recently doing the bone broth mm-hmm. in... Uh, no. What do you call it? Bone... Marrow? No. Bone broth. I guess it is called bone broth before it's even... People be calling it bone broth before it's the broth. So mm. I was thinking, what's the product called? But I think it's mm. called bone broth. Yeah. 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 And mixing that in turmeric lattes. Right. So it's like a beef bone broth mm. with turmeric latte. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. I'll take your word for it. Yeah. Try it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe the, <laughs> I probably wouldn't go the chai, chai but the turmeric yeah. is good. Okay. Yeah. Mm, it's good a, for you. It's a little bit of a weird combo. <laughs> turmeric bone broth yeah i like that it takes over the flavor because i i haven't eaten i've been off meat for probably like three years mm-hmm. so and i wasn't really into the bone broth at first i was like no thank you and yeah. recently for the benefits and the bone is already there it's already always gonna be there at this point mm-hmm. you know like yeah. i'm not saving any <laughs> animal by not having bone broth mm-hmm. um or bettering the planet Mm-hmm. It's uh, being resourceful. Is it organic bone broth? It is organic yeah. bone broth, mm. which the word organic means living organisms. So oh. it's living. <laughs> <laughs> right. But it is certified organic. Certified yeah, organic. Yeah, 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 yeah. It does have the, the slip. Mm. And speaking of vaccines and meat, yeah, I didn't realize this, Yeah, but I found out when I got interested because I was Googling everything vaccines that it's not... It's, you can still be certified organic meat and vaccinate the animal. Yes. So they get like seven or something. Cows get seven vaccinations. Wow. So even though you're thinking, oh, it's my certified organic beef, it's still got things pumped into it. Do you eat meat? No. No. Sometimes I have a sneaky chicken burger. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's not that's not eating meat and then sometimes going off the Richter. That's indulgent. Yeah. Wow. Sometimes, you know. Chicken burger, like from fast food? 
No, not like a Macca's okay. burger or something so like that. Okay, so sometimes I get to a weak point and I'm like, please just get me a McChicken. Yeah, no. <laughs> haven't haven't done a Mc for like five years at least. Yeah, okay. Just a home homemade chicken burger every now and yeah, again. Yeah, sometimes, yeah. You know, live on the edge. But mostly just a, you know, like a mushroom burger or mm. a jackfruit thing, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, or, or I do occasionally have a prawn, like, you know, thing as well. Yeah. But mostly not. Eating meat. Yeah. That's the way to go. The yeah. Morning. That's right. I always feel better for not doing it. Like yeah. I never eat meat and be like, oh, that feels great. It's always like, oh, I feel like shit because yeah. I ate something that I knew I wouldn't feel good after, but it tasted nice. You know? <laughs> Short term pleasure. Yeah. Long term pain. That's right. <laughs> exactly. And so that's, that's my relationship with that. That's the, I think that's my relationship with most things I know I shouldn't do. Yeah, it's a problem. But we live and we don't learn, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Yeah. Is that all? I do do a cacao fast. Really? Yeah. So the longest fast I've done has been a seven-day water fast. (laughs) Yeah. That was seven days with water. No chai, no lattes. Mm -hmm. Seven days. Just the seven days of water. Just water. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you've you've really overdone overdone me with the eight. Yeah, but over the chives, they really stuffed you. Yeah, it's not yeah. good. Yeah, I made that mistake. I just starved myself for eight days. Mm. That's all right. It was it was COVID times. We all went a bit crazy at the beginning, didn't we? Totally, I moved <laughs> countries. <laughs> you moved countries. Yeah. All yeah. right. That's all. That's all for now. That's all for now.